and welcome to a brand new episode of the internet's most hated mafia-themed geek podcast, Long Coat Mafia Podcast. It is I, the one, the only Reverend Godfather, a.k.a. the Martinsburg Madman, a.k.a. this show's frontman and main host. And welcome to another bonus anniversary episode, ladies and gentlemen. And before I begin getting into the meat and potatoes in regards to this episode, I just want to let you know you desperately need to check out the main episode that we posted up last week. It, you have to hear about that drama that happened between Sasha and Blobfest. There is a loads of fishy stuff going on around Blobfest that, oh my god, it just keeps getting deeper and deeper. It's a rabbit hole you have to know about and check out for yourself. It took out took up over an hour of our show and it's like a two and a half, three hour show and it took up about an hour and a half of it. So you have to check that out. Link will be in the description as to that particular episode if you want to check it out. But in this back to this bonus anniversary episode. This is another episode that uh, stems from one of the four state comic cons that we covered in the past. This one stars YouTuber, the YouTuber known as Jairus of All, Master of None. Now he was uh, one of the, I don't want to say, it's hard to say, it's been a while. Uh, I think he was a guest or he was uh, featured, either way he was featured at that particular four state comic con and uh the folks there uh i don't think they told him uh prior to him showing up or if he was paying attention because he had youtube and still does have a youtube channel to run and what happened was they didn't tell him until that day that he had a a panel to have and so uh, in the pro- process of all this, I think the the moment he discovered that he actually had a panel is when I uh, approached him and said, hey, Jairus, um, do you mind if I record your panel? And he was like, wait, I have a panel? And I was like, yeah, you got a panel. I said, and he was like, I have nothing prepared. And I said, hey, listen, since I'll be recording this panel anyway, how about we do a kind of a, uh, a you're going to be in the lead of this. this. This is your panel, obviously. How about we do kind of a interview type panel where we kind of talk about being a YouTuber, uh, what you do, uh, the whole nine yards, and can kind of compare notes between an audio podcast and a YouTuber. You get to talk about what you do, what you thought about that, and not to mention if there's anybody that wants to uh, ask questions uh, or offer comments or anything like that, we could expand on that he was like you know what that's a great idea and that's what we did that's what this episode is about so either way what can i say right now uh but hey george cue the music we'll be right back with more of the long coat mafia podcast you're listening to the long coat mafia capiche Hello, everybody. Uh, this is turning out to be a quasi-panel because <laughs> of various different reasons today. Uh, I am here with, I'm going to let you introduce who you Jairus are. Jairus of all, master of none. And he is a local, in a way, a local YouTuber. Where are you from? Out of uh, Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. Cha- Chambersburg, so you're that close. About 30 minutes. <laughs> about yeah. 30 minutes. I'm about the same in the other direction. So gotcha. it's, it, it's 
Uh, please, for the folks out there, what, the, tell us uh, what kind of YouTube channel do you? Uh, do? It's a it's a DIY channel, but it's a, kind of an extreme DIY channel. I build things that don't exist currently from TV, comic books, video games, movies. So, it what was your process in coming creating this channel? And I I always enjoyed building things since I was a kid. It's actually I'll just tell you the whole story. Go ahead, go <laughs> ahead. Tell. I enjoyed building things when I was a kid, and uh, after I got out of high school, I was completely unsure of what I wanted to do. Took a year off, went to college for a year, failed out, took another year off, went back to college, finally got my degree in finance, which I couldn't stand, so that was extremely short-lived. Decided I wanted to do something that gave me purpose, so I joined the Navy, was in the Navy for five years, I was an air traffic controller, still FAA certified, and then... uh, was an aviation structural mechanic worked on aircraft and that was boring also didn't like either of those jobs so when i got out i decided i want to start a business and do something that i cared about and try to get out of having a job and while i was kicking around ideas and living off of my savings a friend of mine told me that all of the things that i do in my free time would be interesting people and then I should potentially start a blog or a YouTube channel and film what I do and put it on the internet because people make money doing that so I thought about the idea for a little bit and honestly within the course of probably 20 minutes after he mentioned it I decided that I was gonna try to be a full-time YouTuber basically so I poured everything into it used up all my savings worked a part-time job for a while and eventually became a YouTuber doing what I did anyway in my free time but now I did it all of the time and all that changed was I filmed myself doing it and had to deal with trying to run a YouTube channel so uh, what what is it because the panel that is turning out to be an interview is about running a YouTube channel and the aspects and kind of the hidden secrets going behind the curtain so to speak of running a YouTube channel right um, what are some of the advice that you would give to the people, folks out there, starting trying to start up their YouTube channel, in reference to kind of the beginner stuff and work will work from there? Um, well, they say that the golden rule on YouTube is content is king. If your content is good, your channel will succeed. It doesn't matter what else you do. So I've always tried to keep that in mind. But obviously, everyone knows you need good content, and if you're creating the best content you have. It's the things that come after that that are the most important. Because you can only create content that's up to your skill level. So after that is when you have to really start concentrating on the aspects of creating videos for people that most people don't think about. In my line of YouTube video creation, I'm always trying to create projects that are awe-inspiring, that make people want to learn about science and technology so that they can create and build things like I do. Um, most of the knowledge that I have for that stuff is from high school, but what people don't realize that's the most important thing in your videos is that you're relatable and by posting multiple times a week and not just showing how to build things or what you know and being awe-inspiring, it's most important that you show your personality so that the person feels that they can connect with you. They want to be able to have a personal connection with you, and that's what will make them continue to watch your videos. And a lot of people overlook that when they go to start a YouTube channel. 
they think what their content has to offer is what is going to bring people to their channel but actually it's them as a person their personality and you can't fake that so being yourself and putting yourself out there in your videos i think is probably the second biggest rule of thumb to follow when you're doing youtube uh, for the sake of the, those listening and probably those that hear it at the show uh that may or may not be sitting in for the panel um how long have you been for the sake of context uh, how long have you been running your channel uh almost three years so a couple months short of three years and, and I'm, i i am almost at a quarter of a million subscribers which is slower than is possible to grow but it's faster than some grow so uh, I, kind of in the middle has, has the YouTube al- I know the YouTube algorithms are pretty much a crapshoot on a daily basis have they changed have you seen them change over the years I have noticed the changes and after you've been involved with YouTube as heavily as I have you can actually see what effects it has on your channel and other people's channels and I, a lot of people like to complain about the way the algorithm has negatively affected them but it also positively affects people it hasn't necessarily positively affected me lately but um, whether you start a traditional business or you're running a YouTube channel, it doesn't it doesn't really make a difference what the algorithm does. In any business, you're going to have major hurdles to overcome, to compensate for, to continue to be successful and profitable about whatever you're trying to do. So when people start to complain that the algorithm is killing their channel, it's time for you to work harder. Don't blame it on. Don't play the victim mentality card. Work harder, figure out how to get around it, figure out how to stay successful. That's your responsibility. And if you take the time and the effort and you're willing to do that, you will float to the top of the content that's on YouTube. Uh, the reason why I asked is because um, over the years, uh, since I've been doing that, this, it's about as long as, as you have, mm-hmm. um, the aspect of from what I heard from several YouTubers that are out there is that Back in the beginning, you could have uh, do it once a week or once a month, and the algorithms didn't really uh, affect the channel that much. Then all of a sudden, the YouTube algorithms in a way said, okay, twice a week now. Now it's three times a week. Now it's five times a week. Now it's got to be five times a week at X amount of time. Now it's this. Have you seen? I have seen that. Uh, now the algorithm is not changed by people. It's self-learning. It's a self-teaching algorithm. It uses different metrics that adjust the metrics adjust themselves and it tries to figure out what content people want to watch which is the ultimate goal of YouTube is to feed content to a person that they will enjoy so with the algorithm now constantly changing itself the like I have a um, oh what's it called I have a partner program manager supplied by Google for free to me that helps me plan what I do with my channel and they can give me insight into how the algorithm has changed but they cannot give me definitive answers because the the algorithm itself constantly redevelops and learns on its own so the days of people being angry with YouTube because some person changed an aspect of the algorithm that didn't benefit their videos is gone because the algorithm is doing it on its own and it's constantly becoming more efficient at pushing videos that people want to see to the people that are watching them. And uh, 
there have been several people, I'm not going to name names. Uh, there's one person in particular who said it, again, not naming names, uh, that it's very easy to gain subscribers. Um, as someone who has worked hard over three years, uh, was it easy or did you see, okay, because I know you had a kind of a boost at one point in regards to one of your videos becoming, in essence, viral. Right. Um, in the beginning, was it easy to gain those followers or... In the beginning, I I worked for I worked very hard for probably about six months before I had a video take off at all, and I after I had my first video start to take off, I got a couple hundred thousand views on it. I think I got about five thousand subscribers, and that was I did Nerf videos when I first started, and after I stopped doing Nerf videos, I went through what the algorithm describes it as uh, subscriber death. Because I changed what my content was about, my subscribers stopped watching. And when that happens, the algorithm thinks that your content got terrible. So they stopped pushing your videos to anyone. So I stagnated at 5,000 subscribers for a period of six months. I maybe grew by five subscribers over the course of six months. Um, I did a couple of collaborations, brought a couple of people to my channel. I gained about 2,000 subscribers from that. And then I started posting videos weekly same day same time and the algorithm looks at that favorably because then people know when to watch your content it can start a watch session it pushes people to youtube after i did that i started to grow steadily and i went from seven thousand to like the high twenty thousands and once i got into the high twenty thousands that's when i first had a video go viral and it really pushed my channel and over the course of a year I went from that 28-30,000 mark to the 250,000 that I'm at now. Now, in a way, um, for the folks listening, this is kind of an interesting, if you want to call it a panel or interview, because you have two ends of the stick here. You have Javis. Javis. Yep. Uh, on the video side of things, we are on the audio side of things, and I've compared the aspect of what he does as regard to uh, the new wave of TV and we are the new wave of radio uh, meaning that we are radio on demand he's in essence TV on demand correct in a way independent TV on demand right so um, on my side it's kind of hard to develop a YouTube aspect of things because my visual content unlike yours is supplementary Meaning that, hey, we're at a show, we're going to walk through, do a walkthrough, we're going to, you know, hey, look who's here today. And it's not as frequent, even though uh, our audio gets uploaded on a somewhat frequent basis to YouTube as a right. audio, f uh, kind of visual audio file. But there's an aspect of, my, my aspect of YouTube is not the same as yours. But, right. uh, well, it's impossible to cover right to try to do everything at once right. that's something that i struggle with it's prioritization of what is going to be most effectual for what you're trying to do so like social media is a big one for me because i don't like it i like youtube i don't look at youtube as social media but the other other social media outlets that i should post pictures and talk to fans and be active on it's very difficult for me to do that because as soon as i start to do it it feels like it's the straw that broke the camel's back it's too many tasks for me to accomplish alone because I still film, design, build, 
edit, put out my videos by myself. Uh, so, as a podcaster, as it still kind of baffles me at times. I don't know if you're, you feel the same way um, in regards to past content, mm-hmm. meaning that all right, you just put out a fresh video, or in my case, audio, or for a show standpoint, you all of a sudden you see a bump of the usual day one postings, but all of a sudden you see another post of, all right, I just got another 15, 20,000, 30,000 views. Um, mine's waste, not even a percentage of that, but what I'm gathering is you see another bump. It's like, where are those views? And it's like always that past content. Does that still kind of... It does, and it's totally... with the algor- Especially on YouTube, with the algorithm constantly learning and changing itself, I'll have old videos that I thought... I, you know, I put a pretty substantial amount of money and time into a project thinking it would do well. I thought it was really cool. I thought the internet would think it was really cool. The video did nothing. And then months later, or even years later in certain circumstances, all of a sudden that video will take off. You have no idea why. Something happened that made that video do well, and it gets pushed. All of a sudden it goes viral, and it's... It's kind of a mystery trying to figure out what caused it to happen, but I, it's always welcomed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, to use a kind of an example, because you, the folks at home can't really see it. Uh, he's here. My, I want to say my guest. I'll say my guest is here with a ma- uh, self-made Iron Man arm right, project. Um, he could put out that video, and day one, it could not be that big of a hit. But all of a sudden, the Avengers will come out and. Iron Man could be a thing. It's still not and all a big sudden, I'm, I'm just using it as an example. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it gets another 10, 15, or 100,000 views. Uh, same thing with me. I could uh, put his name in the title, YouTuber, and his name of him and his channel. All of a sudden, PewDiePie makes the news, or another YouTuber makes the news uh, throughout YouTube, and people are typing in YouTube, and because my channel has YouTube or YouTuber in it, it might see a small bump extra in those views because people are actively searching out YouTube for whatever reason. So it's kind of that similar in a way. And personally, in regard for my past content, I see that it's like all, all of a sudden I might cover, like again, YouTube or with you as an interview. In my first week, I might get 20 to 45 listens all of a sudden PewDiePie makes the news and everybody wants to hit have listen to everything about YouTube and other YouTubers and all of a sudden that 40 goes up to 150 right so <laughs> for and I'm like nobody's listening to it when it first came out now everybody's paying attention to it what the hell right so yeah and that happened with this I mean I, I've created this the Iron Man rocket launcher at a time when it wasn't Iron Man wasn't making headlines so, this video, I think it's one of the coolest things I've ever made, but this video is one of my, it's not one of my poorest performing videos, but as far as the time and the effort that I put into building this and how unique it is, um, it did really terribly. And a lot of people still think, actually at, at this convention I had three people come up to me and tell me that I had the, the Hacksmith's rocket launcher, because people still think that he built it and not me. <laughs> so... Um, you know, this, this, the video that I made of this could still go viral, but it has not yet, and it's one of my poorest... It's on the lower end of my... Spectrum. 
videos. I shouldn't say it's the poorest performing, but it's towards the bottom. And I think it's one of the most fantastic things I've made. And anyone that comes to conventions and sees all the things that I made in real life agrees with that. So, I mean, you, you just don't know what content will do well and won't do well no matter how hard you try. I did a lot of social media posting when I released this, and it fell flat on its face. So, To kind of get off topic, how long does it take you to do a build? Um, typically. The actual build of the Iron Man rocket launcher was about a month. It took me about another month to troubleshoot the problems that I had with the electrics inside it, and then maybe another week or two to figure out the rocket science between, or um, <clears throat> to make the rockets that it fires fly straight and relatively level from it. Because I only have three inches of guidance from a tube, so it's very difficult to make it fire correctly. So, so about rocket two, science two and a half months. In intended or not intended? No. Uh, Rocket science, <laughs> pun intended. I actually did a video about how rocket science actually works, like the basics of rocket science, because I had to learn the basics of rocket science to diagnose what was going on with the, the launcher. So, so you, as <laughs> so, at, for your channel standpoint, you try again to try to educate. Yeah, as I you're mean, learning, I, you're educating your viewers as well. Right. The pendulum fallacy is one of the biggest principles in rocket science, and pendulum fallacy sounds complicated but it's actually just talking about how people thought that rockets would fly as a pendulum hangs and that's not the case so after you learn about that and you understand that concept it's rocket science is all downhill from there it gets much easier it's all just simple physics after that uh, that's what i try to do we're having kind of a conversation in regards to it that's what i try to do with at least my show try to when i can that's why i like recording panels when I get a chance because you got someone like yourself has the opportunity to teach what you do in, in a way and bring what you do to the forefront front, and that's why I try to do so to help spread the word to a larger kind of audience <laughs> so <laughs> and that's, that's part of what I like the most about YouTube is talking about the science and the technology behind what I'm building that's for me, that's the engaging and interesting part of building things. Building things is fun, but the most fascinating part is learning new science and technology to be able to build the things that don't exist currently. Uh, for the folks at home that are wishing to start a YouTube channel, what do you recommend uh, like as a camera to start off with? or Cheapest camera you've got. <laughs> <laughs> I agonized, before I started my YouTube channel, I agonized for about a month about what camera and microphone and setup I was going to get. I should have just started making videos. I ended up buying a relatively inexpensive camera. I use a Canon Vixia HFR 600 is what I use. It's a cheap camcorder. And then I have a, a, a shotgun microphone. I can't even remember what kind it is. But that's what I film all of my videos with. That and I have uh, a GoPro and my cell phone. And that's what all of my videos have been filmed on, with the exception of two where I had a friend of mine help film that had a DSLR camera. But with the exception of those, I've just used the what most people would consider junk to make all my videos. So you don't need to stress about what you're going to use to start a YouTube channel. What matters is how good your videos are, not what, how good the camera is that filmed it. To kind of give, uh, there was one YouTuber out there I could give it. He runs the channel Some Ordinary Gamers. He, he did a parody, how to make a successful YouTube channel. It was a complete parody, over-exaggerated. <laughs> he, uh, he said, all right, joke's over right now. Let's get down to brass tacks. He said, main thing, it's pretty much what you said at the beginning. 
this is your channel. When you start a YouTube channel, it is your channel. Do not let anybody else tell you what to do uh, in regards to content. If you want to do a D DIY build, that's what you do. If you want to be a gaming channel, that's what you do. If you need to change it up, then change it up. But it's your channel. And that's how I feel in reference to my show. Uh, it's my channel. I want to kind of inform, educate, entertain. Uh, it, it's hard. It's stressful. Um, kind of speaking with that, before we go into that, uh, what kind of uh, programs do you use to edit your yours i use uh, adobe premiere mm -hmm. it was what i was familiar with i used adobe products before so i figured that would be the easiest to use i tried another really inexpensive program and it constantly glitched out uh froze crashed erased data it did a lot of terrible things so um i don't think i'm allowed to say what it was but adobe premiere is what i use <laughs> and i haven't had any problems with it at all and i've been using it for three years now so um and going along with what you said about it being your channel, that's something that's very important because if you're passionate about what you're doing on your channel, that's going to show and that's going to draw people to your videos. That that comes through. It's extremely important that you actually care about what you're doing on your channel. If you want to start a YouTube channel to get rich and you don't care about what you're making videos about, the chances of you succeeding are very slim at that point. So. And recently, I don't... if. Granted, uh, just to let you know, you don't have if there's any drama or anything like that or questions you don't want to answer, you don't have to answer. There's just to no you know, drama. Uh, there's I'm no drama saying, to make your um, <laughs> because there's. Um, I just want to state that fact. Uh, there have been a lot of YouTubers coming out saying uh, in reference to YouTube fatigue and kind of being tired of it all and that sort of thing. Uh, have you experienced anything like that? Or I got burned out, but it was. It was my fault. It wasn't. It was my inability to manage everything that I was doing, and I realized that I need to start paying attention to that instead of just being full steam ahead nonstop. So, I don't think that. I mean, YouTube is definitely very difficult. You have to produce a lot of content on a, in a very short time period, but um, it's your decision how you do that, and you're the one that controls it. YouTube doesn't force you to do it, so you can't. So another one of those things where it goes back to don't be the victim. Don't play that victim mentality. Just because it works best for the algorithm doesn't mean that you have to do it. You make the content at your pace. And if that's slower and it takes much longer for you to become successful... Sorry. <laughs> I just turned on my Iron Man arm by accident. <laughs> um, that That's your fault. It's not YouTube's fault. It's your fault. You, you have to make the decision. You have to deal with it. So, I mean, it's not YouTube's problem, but you can get trapped into trying to produce too much content too fast and burn yourself out. Uh, <laughs> now, to kind of, uh, have you worked Patreon, working Patreon, have you worked Patreon into the aspect of your channel, or? I have Patreon, but I haven't seen much return from it, and I try not to push it too much? Push it too much, just because it, if people want to help out, they will. So I don't push it that much. Um, and I'm I'm scraping by as it is now. So I feel like there isn't a need to ask for donations. <laughs> if I'm able to make it with what I'm doing right now, I feel bad asking for Patreon supporters. A lot of people do make their living solely through Patreon. Um, which is fine. I just haven't gone that route. Uh, kind of 
correlation with that, uh, with the whole aspect of recently with the whole uh, adpocalypse and a lot of videos just that are innocent, so to speak, just randomly being demonetized or put in for mature content. Has Have you seen that? Or? It's happened to me. There's um, one of my videos, I was shooting pumpkins filled with gasoline out of my bowling ball launcher, and... Uh, it got demonetized and they wouldn't tell me why and I appealed it and um, they said after an actual human review they were going to maintain its demonetization basically not allow it to run any ads like full demonetization and um, I asked my partner manager through Google about it and they said that um, <laughs> basically that shooting pumpkins filled with gasoline as Molotov cocktails is too dangerous for them to allow to be monetized because it clearly violates YouTube's uh, guidelines for videos. So I don't like it, but I guess I kind of have to agree with it because looking back, that is it's kind of dangerous, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like a pumpkin filled with gasoline and you're shooting it and shooting it out of fire is, I mean, that's dangerous. I mean, but. I don't have I don't have to like it. I just have to deal with it. So, and one of the other questions that seems to come up with a lot of when people, I guess I gotta bring it up anyway because it's one of the questions that does come up to a lot of YouTubers when talking about creating a YouTube channel, and that's the whole MCN or multi-channel networks aspect. Or I don't deal with any of them. I haven't ever. I've never found. If an MCN approaches you about doing something, they should be asking for. Five percent, and most of the MCNs that'll contact you are looking for fifty percent. Um, MCMs don't do anything, in my experience. I've met a lot of YouTubers that have been doing this for a lot longer than me, and I've never heard of anyone having a positive experience with an MCM. Not once. Now that's that's rare. If one hundred percent of the people that I've ever inquired about an MCN with have told me that they have had terrible experiences and they were bad they're probably not a good idea I've never seen an MCN that was actually good never not once and I've had dozens of them try to contact me to work with them and they all want at least 35 to 50 percent of my ad revenue income and 35 to 50 percent of sponsorships if they bring me a sponsorship which is outrageous. They're basically acting as an agent. And an agent in any other Hollywood, any other medium, is going to take 5%, roughly 5%, somewhere in that range, not 35 to 50. So MCNs are purely just a ripoff. They're trying to collect small YouTubers in volume, even though they're not making much. If they can get enough of them at 35%, they won't do anything for you, but they'll take 35% of your revenue, and eventually it adds up. It's it's a scam. Long story short, it's a scam. And the thing is, um, it go. this correlates with uh, what a lot of gaming YouTube channels have said, that they won't touch any Nintendo products because you have to be a part of their partnership program. And so therefore, and that program is 50% right off the bat. So if they're part of a multi-channel network, taking between 30% or more, and you have Nintendo taking 50% of that, 
you're you're down stuck between ten percent to twenty percent right off the bat. If not, you're making nothing. Right. So, uh, it, it again, it's one of those things that could be up to you. Just keep an eye out and. Also speaking of which, have you dealt with any kind of copyright issues or? I have. I paid for a copyright license um, to use music from a royalty-free site that supplies music for you to be able to use. And uh, it's the only time that I'll ever do that because I still get copyright claims on my videos that take the monetization from them and all of the videos that the monetization has been taken from I've taken down from YouTube because that company is collecting money from my videos that I made after I paid them to use the music and now they're claiming my videos and collecting that money and when I emailed them to tell them to remove the copyright claim from the video they said that I have to have the company contact them when they're the company that made the claim on the video which doesn't make any sense, but because I don't have a membership with that company anymore, I don't have access to the system that you use to let them know that you've had a copyright claim made on your video. So it's like a cyclical thing that they say, once you use our music, you're covered, your video can remain copyright free forever. That's a lie, because the only way to have the copyright claim repealed is to have access to the the email form if you have a login on the website and the only way that you have a login on their website to let them know that they need to release a copyright claim on your video is if you're paying them and have a current subscription so no i'll never use those again so what i i get all my copyright free music I know. from channels that yeah. post copyright free music on youtube that's uh, the safest thing i've found which seems yeah. like the least safe but right. so far it's been the and most I've, I've heard reports I know one person that on her channel she got permission from a local band to have music as their music as part of her intro mm -hmm. because uh, a secondary she has written permission from the band written permission mm -hmm. copyright permission because the people that distribute their seat their music on CD only CD only, uh, granted I don't know the contract, I haven't seen the contract. They keep copyright claiming her channel, her videos. And I'm like, wait a minute, if it, they're only distributing it on CD, therefore they don't have any copyright claim. They're just a distributor. But they're being, the other one's being a, to put it politely, a meanie, just to get extra funds. Yeah, the, the music industry is complicated as far as who owns the rights to music. The band, from what I understand, the band has basically no say. With Most most of their yeah. contracts give them absolutely no say as to what is done with their music. It's the record company that controls everything. So I've, I've talked to bands before, and they've given me written permission to use their music. It gets claimed. This was when I very first started YouTube. This happened. It got claimed. I contacted them. They said the band doesn't have any right to give you permission. It's we own the content. Like the band created the content. We own the content. We decide what happens with it. You're out of luck. So I took those videos down because it, it it's complicated and there's nothing you can do. You have to have like a, a legal release from whatever company technically owns that content and sometimes that's extremely difficult to establish. Much less get them to give you a release. So... 
I can, I can understand that because there have been times where an American side of things could say, you're okay, and the European or Japanese Asian market could say, uh-uh, we're not allowing it. So it it's that problematic sometimes. And the next thing I would like to at least ask, have you seen any type of theft from your videos? Meaning someone's pretty much ripped your video, put it on their channel. I um, ask because I've seen some uh, YouTubers or heard some YouTubers say they've done a, a top 10 per se and all of a sudden this I have I've been in that I gave permission for those I, I'm in a couple of top 10 videos like top 10 I don't mean top 10 per se but they've seen oh, gotcha. their, their, gotcha. their videos reposted uh, uh, in Spanish on a Spanish only channel or a well, French channel every, here's the thing everyone is subject to creative commons laws so if you use clips from a video that are under 7 seconds with the intention of uh, educating an audience that's completely 100% legal and I've seen my content used in those ways but anytime my content's been used on TV shows I've been paid uh, some shows have not paid me but they've asked permission a lot of YouTube channels have asked me permission to put my content in a top 10 list where they use multiple clips from a video to show what I've made or what I've done and um, I'm fine with that. I haven't had anybody maliciously steal anything, or at least not that I've been exposed to. I've had a lot of memes made from clips from my videos, but nothing was actually just straight up stealing my content, except for the the second video that I ever posted to YouTube, like 10, 10 15 years ago, I think. I don't know. It was a long time ago. They stole the video straight up. When I deleted my video, they reposted it. I wanted it deleted, I didn't want it on YouTube, but it's been reposted, and it's out there, and I'm not going to tell anybody what it is, but <laughs> it's out there somewhere, and it's hidden, and it's not doing well, so it doesn't matter that they have it out there anyway, because nobody will ever see it. Um, I think that's all I, I have to... Cool, cool. Um, I know there's not many people here, uh, they can't really, the audience, audio audience can't really see, but is there any questions that anybody wishes to ask <laughs> cool cool I guess we're done I guess we're done here's my Iron Man rocket launcher opening and closing <laughs> I, I, I do thank you thank you and I'll, I'll provide a link to your channel in our description and I'll, I'll let you know when it's posted awesome sounds good it's a Lanco Mafia podcast you're listening to the long coat mafia capiche welcome back everybody i hope you enjoyed this jaunt down memory lane with us in this bonus anniversary retrospective episode and as i said at the start of this episode this was just a quasi uh interview panel thing that we put together on the spot because jarris didn't really expect at least from what i remember uh, that he had a panel during this time. So uh, either way, like always, I t like to uh, ask all of you if you are capable of, uh, meaning you don't have to if you don't have the funds, uh, uh, liking the show, subscribing, sharing our stuff helps us immensely. But as always, uh, we do have a chip, tip jar. The GoFundMe link is down in the description down be below uh 
and it helps to help us get uh, uh, new or newish com- uh, equipment. Uh, it helps, especially like now, when our computer wants to take forever doing things, especially when there's an update. Uh, what would be a 15, 20 minute, if not uh, an hour to put together an episode and edit, it takes three, four, five hours, if not two or three days to put a simple episode together no matter the length because the computer wants to update and if it wants to update it lags so bad it slows everything down and we have to wait the two or three days before the computer actually updates so if you want to do that the gofundme link is down below uh if that's if you only would like to donate a dollar or two uh we do have a three dollar patreon and you get so many perks with that. Uh, for right now, you get uh, to see the full video episodes in their entirety before they become live on YouTube. You get thanked in audio episodes. And maybe we'll put up when we do the video episodes, we'll create a, like an end card or something like that. Or a, something in the beginning with your you know your username on Patreon. And we'll list all all of you in regards to that plus there will be polls and a bunch of other stuff maybe we'll go live once uh once or twice a month in regards to that that way you can talk to us and and everything else in regards to that patreon and all those funds will go towards uh not just new or newest equipment uh it will go to like gas money and food and lodging if we go to events well, with friends and everything else, and it helps us cover those events while we're there to get you all content. Not to mention, we do have a, a partner slash sponsor. Technically, we've got two, but right now, uh, our main sponsor partner is W Energy. Just head on over to W.GG. It's D-U-B-B-Y.GG. And while you're there, select what you want, put it in your cart, and at check checkout, Put in the code LCM podcast and you'll score yourself 10% off. So uh, all those ways helps us with everything. So uh, hopefully all this will allow us if our next computer or next, you know, something or whatever breaks down, we're able to get stuff maybe uh, like with our camera, extra batteries or what have you, all that stuff helps. So. Either way, stay tuned for our main episode this week. We'll have another uh, bonus retrospective episode or two this week, maybe, uh, depending if our computer doesn't want to update some more. It's trying to do that again today. Uh, Plus, uh, maybe uh, another episode, anniversary bonus retrospective episode, uh, started next week, and next week is our anniversary, so we don't know exactly what's going to go down that uh, that week. So I hope you all are ha- having a happy, safe day and rest of the week. So I'll catch you all next time on the Reverend Godfather, a.k.a. the Martinsburg Madman, and I am out of here. You've been listening to the Longcoat Mafia Podcast the Internet's most hated and mafia-themed geek podcast.